Hey, entrepreneurs, are you trying to make bigger profits in your small business? Like many of us, I'm sure you're feeling it. Business is hard, and now more than ever, you need to have a plan to help your business not just survive, but thrive. And it can happen as simply as thinking with the end in mind. I'm Marcia Reiner. I'm a business growth strategist. I've helped tons of small business owners to establish and implement a tangible plan that guarantees increased profitability, guides your growth, and plans for your future exit. Because a business worth selling is also a business worth owning. And I want to share those strategies that I've earned and learned with you on today's Profit with a Plan podcast. But before we get started, I have something to share with you guys. I've put together an insightful Think Outside the Box live web class on Wednesday evenings at 6 p.m. Pacific time. It's specifically designed to help you learn how to turn your business into one worth selling, even if you aren't thinking of selling it yet. Why now? Join me and find out all the benefits that come with having a sale-ready business. Register for free at exitwithaplan.com. So I'm really excited to have my guests on today, uh, Rami Algeel. Did I pronounce that right? <laughs> so very close. Rami Algeel. Rami Algeel. Okay. And his wife, Elizabeth, are owners of People Processes. Um, it's an integrated uh, automatic HR processes. So Rami is and his team work with hundreds of companies across the U.S., helping them learn how to stop pushing paper and start prioritizing people. In addition, Ramey serves on the Federal Reserve's Industry Council on Healthcare, providing insights into employer costs and how they affect businesses today in today's marketplace. He holds a bachelor's in financial economics, woohoo, and an MBA with a focus on economics. I took a lot of economics in my, in my education as well. That's why I was cheering. Uh, his book, People Processes, uh, was an Amazon number one bestseller in the HR category and one of Inc.com's top 10 leadership books in 2018. Congratulations, Ramey. That is awesome. Welcome to Profit with a Plan podcast. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. So we were talking um, a couple of weeks back and, and I just love the philosophy on, on your angle of bringing businesses to have more profit when they focus on the people that are doing the business for them. And we know that it's not just the owner, they have a team wrapped around them. And you've got some really great insights on how to engage that team in a way that they can increase profitability in the company. So share with us, first of all, why is it the team and not the business owner that, that's going to bring in the more profits? Sure, sure. Well, you know, every business goes through an evolution, right? You start um, the, the, the great example from Emith Revisited, right? Back in the day is you want to sell cakes, right? And you know how to make cakes very well. So you make, you make your pies, you make your cakes and you sell them. Uh, but just getting from the person who knows how to make cakes to a business that knows how to do it is a heck of a journey. And that journey uh, is normally built around implementing processes that allow others to step into your business and uh, perform and create those cakes, replace mm. those tires, provide the coaching services, whatever it is that you do, you need processes to deliver your product. Most business owners have that, understand that. Um, they, they recognize that journey and it's a, it's a heck of a thing. Um, that's that journey of first being able to make a good cake and then writing it down and having a process so that someone else can make that cake. Yes. The, the, 
we call those operations processes, right? They're the, the process around delivering your service or delivering your product. And a lot of businesses never make it that far. And if you are someone who has that, congrats, you are already in the top, you know, 5% of businesses in the entire world easily. Yes. Even once you know how to make a cake and have the processes in place so that others can make cakes with you, there's kind of a third tier though, which is being able to have employees or, or team members who can make decisions about new things without following a standard operating procedure. Mm. And that is a place where a lot of businesses die. They mm. are amazing humans that can bake beautiful cakes. They are smart business owners who realize they need to make processes for cake delivery, but they never take that further step of creating processes that make people who can figure out the next cake delivery. And that's where okay. we come in. People processes is that one step back to make the people who will come up with new processes, basically. Love it. So many business owners shoulder the weight of the entire world, their world, their business Espe world. Especially um, intellectually, right? It's like, oh, <laughs> exactly. I just want people who will follow my directions, Lord. And if anything comes up, I'll figure it out. That's a place to be. But once you hit eight, 10, 12, some companies it's five, but- once you hit a certain number of employees, new stuff comes up every day. You can't just say, well, luckily I have 585 standard operating procedures. Just find the right one. Because uh, every day there's something new. Yeah. And um, that's, that's the, 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 the processes that go into making new trusted people who will behave like you do, like the business owner would even when you're not there, that's the goal of people processes. Wow, that's, that's a fantastic viewpoint too, because you wanna teach your employees how to fish, not just how to eat the fish as they come along. They have to be able to think for you. Now, obviously, if you're training them and leading them, that you're, you're putting a philosophy in place where they're gonna, they're gonna make the decision that matches with what the direction you wanna go in and the right avenue and the right values and morals that you have inside your company. But I think that's a huge shift because we're control freaks, right? <laughs> right, right, right. Um, when you look at it, you know, I, I, it depends on the business owner I'm talking to. Most business owners though, do have a view of the sales process and <laughs> the operations process. They think about it, they know that there are pieces in the customer life cycle that they can tweak and improve. So there's marketing, that general view of the marketplace and making sure people know your name. There's then some sort of qualification, turning every random person who hears about you into someone who potentially you should work with. There's the sales process of actually closing them then you're implementing them, whether it's a service or a product, you've got to get all the information, make sure their expectations are set, close the sale, all those sorts of items. You got to go then make your product and deliver it and hopefully get referrals. Those are often the processes, the, the life cycles in, mm -hmm. a, in a product or a service. Well, the same thing applies to your people operations. Most companies uh, in the small business world if they, if they treated their customers or their product with the same care they do their employees, they'd be out of business in a heartbeat because they don't think about it. They don't think about it in terms of a process that they need to work on and improve. So with employees, there's recruiting, 
which has a component of marketing, but also qualification, making sure that the recruit is the appropriate one. There's selling, which is often the in-depth interview process, making sure that they're the right fit and you're the right fit for them. Mm-hmm. Then you have to, you've made the sale, congrats. That's an offer letter, right? Actually getting them to sign on the line, which is dotted and leave their old job. Great, you got to close them. Then you have to implement them. We call that mm-hmm. onboarding. That's the mm-hmm. process of getting all the information to them and getting all the information from them that is needed as quickly and efficiently as possible. Then you have to actually deliver. And in the employment relationship, that's often in the form of training or performance management. You got to actually do the thing that you said you would. The employee has to do the work they said they would, and you have to do the leading and management that you said you would in the interview. Um, and that process is very similar to delivering a product. It's, it should be looked at and analyzed and improved over time. And eventually they're done and you want to be able to offboard them, just like you want to be able to part on good terms with a client and be in a position where they could continue to refer you or still think highly about your business, even after they no longer do business with you. So that offboarding is a, is a component of these things as well. I love the parallel view of something that we all know, the sales process, right? And implementing that into an employee process. Because I think that's the hardest thing to do. I've got a client I'm working with right now and she's brought, and she's brought on and she's expanding. So she's at about seven employees now. Mm-hmm. And she's always been a do it herself, come in, how come I can do it at this time? And, you know, and we're developing those things back because she's hiring the next group and we want to be able to bring everybody onto the same page. And she's, she's, she's struggling Mm-hmm. because she doesn't, I, I know for a fact, she didn't do all of those things. And now we're trying to put in step eight when she hasn't done step one through seven. It's just like if she had launched a new product, a new oil change, a new financial product, whatever it is she does without any of the groundwork on how is it going to get delivered? How are we going to do it consistently? How do we put in uh, assessment to figure out if we did it right? All those things that are honestly in pretty deeply ingrained in most small business owners, they never think about with their most expensive thing, not only their most expensive, the thing that determines if anything else gets followed, their labor. So with small businesses, you're in a position where your first few hires are pure labor arbitrage. You're Mm -hmm. looking at you as a business owner and you say, look, I make 400,000 a year. I should be making 400,000 bucks a year. That's $200 an hour. Uh, Anything What is the lowest value thing I do? Man, it turns out opening mail every day and scanning that in could be easily done. That is is $10 an hour work, $750 if you're in Tennessee, $27 if you're in California, whatever you want to do. But (laughs) it's a lot less than $200. So you identify that as as a simple, repeatable task that you can, through the power of labor arbitrage, getting more value somewhere else. You can just have somebody else do. And a lot of times, if they're very simple, you can outsource to a third-party company. If they're a little more custom, you may need to hire someone to do internally. But for very small companies, I highly recommend business owners start with the simplest tasks, the ones that have the greatest amount of arbitrage, and the ones that are most, that are honestly not that hard to hire for. And if you screw it up, and you will, because we all do, If you screw up your second hire, it's not going to tank your company. 
Right. Don't start with hiring your vice president, director of operations, senior VP, which I see small businesses doing all the time. Uh, you know what I need? Yeah, yeah, I need an operations director. They hire up here instead of down here. I 100% agree with that. And that is the biggest mistake they can because that's what they're also worrying about is the pay scale for an operations level versus a a letter opener at at seven to $27 an hour. (laughs) Exactly. Grab some start. And that's a huge mistake. And, and even look, I have venture capital clients. I mean, I I have clients that are as small as six and seven employees and as large as 13,000 locations. Biggest crazy. I have small businesses that's that are small businesses because they came in with venture capital funding and all they've got is $20 million to spend their first few years. And they consider themselves small businesses. Yeah. And those companies are sometimes the worst about this because they think what they need to do is put together the leadership team of the chief technology officer, the chief financial officer, the chief marketing officer, and the CEO. And they have no one who actually does the product. They've got, they got one poor schmuck making 20 bucks an hour and five people making 200. And I'm, it happens all the time. And that's, that's, you think as a small business owner, you need to hire a CTO or a CMO or a CFO. And the reason you can't is because you don't have money. I'm telling you the ones that just have an infinite supply of money in the back, they do that and they go out of business. It's a terrible decision. Hire from the bottom up, find the greatest, simplest things, and that'll free you up as a business owner to make some profit, work at your 200 buck an hour line and start bringing in real revenue. As you fill in the front line, the most basic, um, get to that five, seven, eight, nine, ten. You have to start. You really, there's what's called span of control. It's an HR concept. It actually comes from the military. How many people can you manage? True. Um, the military, most arms of the U.S. military anyway, uh, allow ten direct reports. So the the bottom level of, of, of officership has ten people reporting. <laughs> And that's in the military where they control every aspect of their lives and their only job is to fill that ditch. I know the military has complicated jobs, but 10 to one is insane. And they can do that because they own their soul. For you as a small business owner, seven is a stretch. Five is probably about where you need to be. So once you have five, it's time to put, you got to have people in there who can manage, not just you. And that's where you need to be thinking beyond the processes on a day-to-day level and start thinking about the processes that will create leaders, Mm. uh, the processes that will teach them your core values, your decision-making frameworks, uh, your position in the market, their ability to manage and lead. Those sorts of items start giving you a lot more freedom. If you're an eight person company and you're the business owner and you're going, I'm just like, I have 9 million things to do. Everyone asks me questions every day. It may be because you have no other leaders in the organization. Right. So when um, that's, that's brought up a good question in my mind, because when somebody in a small organization gets tapped on to become a leader, so say that's the person number eight that you put above the seven below, um, how do you manage that person to stay as a leader of that and not start thinking that they're running side by side with the business owner? I mean, that's a large gap, but I've seen it in so many areas 
of the small world that you elevate that leader. And then that leader starts thinking, oh, I'm going to, I want to see numbers. I want to see, you know. You're, I get what you're saying. That's because you're, you think what you're higher. I said, you need a, a manager at seven employees. You just heard, I need a chief operations officer. No, you need a manager. <laughs> right. All right. It's an ice cream exactly. store. And there's a person in charge of checking the schedules, making sure everyone is coming in at the right time, doing quick quality control checks and uh, making sure training is taking place as you approve. Here's how you do it. Start with an org chart and scale up a little bit. Think about your frontline people. And again, there are exceptions to the five to seven rule and those kind of things, but don't sure. for now, just work with me there. And build out an org chart so that you have 50 employees or 30 or something like that. If you're a five-man company, thinking about 30 employees is probably gonna make your head explode. But think about that and realize you're filling in from the bottom. The goal is that you have a business that you could sell, which means the CEO role, right? is one that requires strategic leadership, but no daily activity. So build yes. your org chart, looking at it like, hey, me at the top has nothing to do today. Nothing, nothing to do today. And if you build your org chart like that, you will see what layers of management you're gonna need um, and hire from the bottom. So when you hire your seventh person or your eighth person and they're gonna be your manager, by the way, that's probably not the way to go. You probably wanna promote your second person. Promote, yep, there yeah. you go. But, but when you put that person in, realize that they are now a assistant store manager. They are not a store manager and they are not a director of store operations and they are not a CTO. Yes. They are a store manager or assistant store yes. manager because that's what it is on your org chart. Um, yes. And the reason you have to do that is because along the way, and this happens in small business. All the time. Just, and that's why I yeah. brought that up because I see it so often that they put someone in there and then that person, you trust them because you're relying on them to help you lead. And then it turns into this, you know, bridezilla kind of thing, you know, uh, an employeezilla, right. you know, that starts running way out of control because, yeah, because they didn't hire with that assistant store manager idea. Right. Well, and you say, oh, I don't care what your title is. I'll call you whatever you want. You're the ninja of VP sales. I've, I've seen it a hundred <laughs> times. Right? But that just means that you don't have a vision for what this role is. hundred okay? percent. When you're doing this, one reason you have to go from the bottom up is that you're trying to define, and one of those, we talked about deliverability. Mm -hmm. In the employee world, we call that performance management. You, you've mentioned core values. Uh, I break employee evaluation into two sections, behavior and skill. So mm -hmm. behavior is a reflection of your core values. If your core values are responsive, polite, reliable, problem-solving, whatever, those are descriptions of behavior. You can have an amazingly bright, competent, happy person who you love working with, who behaves in all the right ways. But if they're a bookkeeper and they don't know the difference between a credit and debit, they will fail on the <laughs> skill side. So there's two parts. There's skill. Can you do the job? Do you have the competency to do the job? And behavior. You have to know what good behavior and competency looks like in every role. 
So start with your front line, because that's easy to define. It's someone who puts sugar, milk, and eggs in the bowl in the correct order and runs it for the right time. <laughs> then think about the next layer up from that. It's someone who makes sure everybody else does that and that they're there and that they have the supplies on hand. Maybe that's the three jobs of an assistant store manager. Perfect. It's easier to see. Once you have three of those, you're going to realize, man, I need someone who's also looking at what supplies we're going to need in six months. I'm going to need someone who can do projections or budgeting or strategic analysis. I need them to go shop in other stores and tell me what they're doing. And the, the role expands as you move up the hierarchy, but you can't start with what should the CMO do. You need to start with what does the social media clicker do? Clicker. Your official clicker title. Yeah, you know, they, they post the ad. Love it. Thank God, right? Don't start with someone who has the ability to write all the copy, design the graphics, write the video, schedule everything, do, do consumer research and survey, and also can you answer the phones on the weekends? That's not a role. That's a God. That's you. That's you, the business owner. And there's no one else who can do it. So Love start it. low and work your way up building competencies and core values for each role. And that way you can start, you'll, you'll start seeing them fill in. Now, if you're a 20 person company who has managed to do this without many without much structure, right? Every business, look, there's, you know, you can sell, what are those silly blankets you put on that had arms? And, oh, right, right, right. right? Yes. Yeah, those things, right? It was a product that sold and you know what? They just did it. They just did it. And it turns out they, you know, every third one, the arms would fall off and, you know, their return rate was 35%, but they figured that out after they had a hundred million orders. Right. Maybe you were in the same boat. You through a, Maybe. your nonprofit, your business, you've gotten to 20, 25 employees and you haven't spent the time putting these processes in place. It happens. First of all, congrats. You through the <laughs> dent of your genius made this happen. Yes. You likely have 20 to 30% of your staff that if you fired, you would be more efficient. If you fired them, your day would go easier. Yeah. You may not know who they are, but they're there. So for those companies that haven't invested in people operations, maybe you're an entrepreneur that's been out there selling, getting, 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 getting. And now you look back behind you, you got 20 people who all hate each other. You're dragging and, along. Yes, you're dragging yeah. along that don't, you know, your first place is to think about putting in these systems because I guarantee you 20% of your labor spend is, is counterproductive, not just useless, but every dollar you spend is costing you more. Right. Um, so putting in place these, just like if you had shipped off, if you, without any process, just shipped a product over and over and over, never looking at it to see if you could make it better, to figure out if you could provide it cheaper, to figure out if you could make it more reliable. By the time you got to your size, I guarantee you 20% of them would be crap. Mm. It's the same with your employees. It happens. Love it. Now you have, you can either fix them or you can replace them, but either way you need a quality process to make sure you put the right people in, that you train them appropriately, that they have reasonable guidelines. And those are the sort of things that my company actually does for others. But you don't necessarily need us. You can do it yourself, turn your focus inward and see if you can get more efficiency out of them. You know, that that leads to our ultimate goal of being more profitable, right? I mm -hmm. mean, 
when you're managing the right people doing the right job and they're effective at it because you've trained them and processed and you're not running around like a chicken with your head cut off going, oh, go do this, go do that. Let me check this. Let me check that. Then your company starts producing what they're supposed to. I know that you said several times that these people are costing you more money than they're bringing in. And that could be a total problem for the company if you're trying to grow because you didn't do the steps. So knowing that, I'm in that position. I've got 20 people I'm dragging along. How do I go back? How do I make sure that I can clean them up and move those forward that can and slowly kick to the curb the other ones? Because it's pretty difficult to fire somebody these days. It's not a fun time. So there's a couple steps. Um, Let's say you have a decent view of who is and who isn't. Let's start with that scenario. What I want you to do is list all 20 of your employees, first name, last name, and put two columns right after it. So uh, Jane Doe, column one, column two. In column one at the top, I want you to write behavior and in column two, skills. And I want you to put in a one, two, or three in each one of those. One being bad, two being okay, and three being amazing. Here's a hint you probably don't have that many amazing people. And it better be amazing on this skill and not your feeling and relationship to I want you to rank them twice, once for behavior and once for skill. So you're going to have Jane Doe 3-3. Every time I ask her to do something, she does it. I know if there's a problem, she's going to take care of it. I love her to death. And she's amazingly competent at at, at her role. That's a 3-3. Most of your people are probably going to be a two-two, or a two-three, or a three-two. I want or you to one, take two. them, yeah, or a one-two, or a one-one. If you come across a one-one, just so you know, you got to fire that person. You're done. You You're hit done. the end. What you can do: take your three threes, or take the people who are threes in behavior, and try and identify what makes them threes. Mm-hmm. What what that we call those your core values because they're responsive, because they're positive, whatever those items are for you. Right. Take the ones, oops, I hit my camera. We lost you. There we go. (laughs) Take the ones and think about how different they are from those threes to help you identify. Anyone who's a one, one is a fire. Anyone who is a two, one is either a fire or a performance improvement plan. You got to push them and fix it. And, And I'm talking like 30 days to knock me out of the park or you are out the door on a two, one. Okay. Two twos are people, uh, we call them push up or push out. So those are people who you've identified as your next generation of leadership. Time to uh, think about how you can use them better. And anyone who's a three, three, you need to be looking at and saying, they probably, if you have 25 employees, there's probably three or four, five, three threes. They probably account for 80% of your company's value. So you need to be thinking about how do I make sure they stay? What am I doing for them? And what can I util- what can I do to make sure that I'm utilizing them to their fullest potential? Fantastic. Or even multiplying them. So taking yeah. the, the two twos or two threes and having them be mentors to bring them up to the three threes. I always recommend that employees push up. So this is an important thought. Oh. Mentors are, are great. But a lot of times in the design of those, it puts the impetus on the mentor. 
to mentor the mentee. That's not the way it works. Okay. When you put in management or mentorship or seniority or whatever, you have to make clear that it is the subordinate's responsibility to extract responsibility and knowledge from the senior. I like that. You can't have a manager manage seven people and they have, maybe they have a weekly, we call them a PPP meeting, plans, progress, and problems meeting, whatever you do. They have a weekly one-on-one. It's not the manager's job to have seven one-on-ones with their employees. It's the employee's job to have a one-on-one with their manager. They come to that meeting prepared to present what they're supposed to present and catch if their manager has a problem. If they're not, if the, if the employee is not getting that meeting with their, that's their like job duty. Number one is put the flower in the pot. Job duty. Number two is report that you put the flower in the pot to your manager. That's it. And if they aren't, so you have to make sure that whenever you're thinking about bringing someone up, as you put it, like bringing your twos to your threes, you need to think about it instead as pushing your twos up to three. I love it because then you find the drivers, then you find the people that want to do it instead of pulling. Oh my gosh, come on up. And your three threes may be charismatic. They may, they may be able to inspire a brick to work hard, but you can't put that on them. Don't give them bricks just because they can. So, uh, so yeah, so start with your, your evaluation. You, you're going to identify who needs a PIP, who needs a promotion and who needs to go out the door. So that's your start. You want to then match that to that org chart I had you draw. What do we actually need and figure out, start with your easy people, your three threes. I'm sure you know where they go, work your way down. You'll probably see a lot of blanks that no one on your current team fits. And that's your job. Welcome. You just write your name in on all those business owners uh, to give yourself the understanding that, great, you're in charge of that until you hire somebody. That's right. And the people who can't make it from your 3-3 list over to your org chart, I got bad news. You hired someone wrong. It's not their fault. You did it wrong. Shouldn't have hired them in the first place. Or the market changed. And now you got to do the grown-up thing and help free them back to the market to find a better place. And it must be done. Must be done. It must be done. You know, otherwise say, you're uh, doing a disservice to your three threes. You're screwing. Say, exactly. The 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 line that I constantly hear is hire slow, fire fast. And so when you when you can find the right people for the right roles, get them in, get them doing. And and I love the idea of filling the bottom layer first. Then you can then you can you know if they're not working out, get rid of them really quickly because otherwise they just they create a cesspool and, and it brings everybody down, whether they're Very a good rough. employee or bad employee, but your mentality of, oh, they're not working to their fullest brings everybody down. I want to give you an analogy on going back to hiring at the beginning. Um, your CFO is, is, a, is a marriage partner and you're hiring them off the street and giving them the keys to your castle and probably a divorce agreement if anything happens. Start with the frontline work. I like to say to people that the leaders you work with, are they're going to be like your family. They're going to be your spouses. They're going to be your, your parents and your sisters and brothers. They're going to be people who stick with you a long time. The only way you know that is if you go through the experience of first casual dating 
and then maybe spending a weekend together before you marry him, give yourself Uh. some time. So try to hire from the bottom. And you as an owner uh, or an executive director or whatever your leadership role is, will get better at it. Just like you would be even you if a 16-year-old was going to marry that girl they met last week because, hey, they interviewed four people. Don't you worry. <laughs> They're going to marry them. You would go, you're crazy. But yet we do it in business all the time. All the time. Take a oh break. Oh, my gosh. Date them a little bit. It should be easy. Just this, I've been married to my wife. I mean, my wife and I, high school sweethearts. And you work and together. <laughs> every day. The rule is it should be easy in the beginning. Yes. That's why you fire fast and hire slow. It's not because you're just a bad guy. The truth is, is that when you hire somebody into a well-defined role, it's it should be like that first couple months of dating. Yeah. Oh, my life is better. Birds are chirping. (laughs) Every time I walk into the room, this person just makes me smile. That's what a new employee should feel like. If for any reason you don't feel that way, it's just like you went on a date and they were like, well, you want to split it on? You know, it's like, oh, you don't, whatever your red flag is. (laughs) I promise if in the first couple of weeks you feel that way, you made the wrong choice. So start with dating. It's very easy. As long as things are going easy, and everything's going well, maybe you take that next step. Maybe you put them in charge of something or some other people. You start giving them more responsibility. And you'll find just like being engaged is harder than dating and being married is harder than being engaged. And being married with kids, that's a lot harder than dating. Before you start yes. having kids with somebody, let's let's try them a little bit. So Work your well way up said. and you'll find it. You'll find it. You'll, well you'll, you'll said, find well the right said. people. Yes. <laughs> and I think that, that it, it, you've just turned this whole process around in a way that really makes a fantastic sense. And, and I think that the business owners today really need to start thinking, hire down, build them up. And gosh, I mean, almost everybody knows what a divorce feels like, whether it's themselves or a friend. When you're married in business, it's a harder, uglier divorce because it it, it affects your financial livelihood. So, Ouch, yeah. yeah, well said. And yet people Woo-hoo. start businesses with a partner all the time. I know, right? I know. I or know. they've been in business for a few years and they've got it together and they're like, I know what I need. I need someone who's going to share the load with me. No, you don't. You just, you just, you just take a deep breath, buddy, before you, before you, you, you take that. Let's see what happens first. Well said. Well said. All right. Where can listeners find out more about you and your book and your program? Please tell Thank us. you. Well, peopleprocesses.com. If you have more than 10 employees, maybe fewer than a hundred, and you're looking to, you're thinking, God, I need someone who's going to come in and do this for me. We do that. We're, we're a complete HR organization. We can take that over for you. Peopleprocesses.com fill out a quote request. I'll meet with you personally. Uh, I have about 20 employees. We're not a huge company either. And I'd love to show you what we can do. For most of you though, go to peopleprocesses.com slash profit with a plan. On there, you can sign up for our podcast and uh, email list, and we will email you um, a I think what you should start with just from our discussion is maybe some evaluation on recruiting. We call it jobs analysis. I'm going to 
if you sign up at Profit with a Plan, peopleprocess.com slash Profit with a Plan, I will email you uh, a job analysis form. It's something you can give to your three threes and say, tell me what you do, how you do it, and what's important. So that when you go to recruit and fill in those things, you know what to look for. Don't try to guess it. Ask them, three threes, uh, ask them what it is they do and what makes them good at it. And that's what we'll give you a job analysis form. And of course, tons of other subscriber-only stuff on the website. Yay, thank you. I think that this is this is really great, really important, especially as we're transitioning into a new year. It's a great time to reevaluate what you're doing. Look at those people that you have on your team. How are they elevating the team? And like you said, how easy is it for you to work with them? I mean, these are really basic concepts, but unless you're aware of them, you can't make the shifts that are necessary and, and grow the business that you've always dreamed of. So thank you, Ramey. This is, this is, this is perfect information for us today. So thank you for having me on anyone who needs help. Let me know. Absolutely. Listeners, I hope you found a couple of ideas to put into your business that will help you be more profitable. This is a huge one since it's your, probably your highest uh, expense in your business, like you said, is the people that you have. So really super important. And now more than ever, it's important to build your business like you want to sell it. Don't forget to register for my new web class on how to turn your business into one worth selling. Even if you aren't thinking of selling it yet, there are tons of benefits to a sale-worthy business. And it will be on Wednesday at 6 p.m. Pacific time. Go register for free at exitwithaplan.com. You don't want to miss this class. As always, Rami and I would love to hear your questions, feedback. Tell us what, you know, if you've built ever built an organizational chart, right? I know there's a huge gap of you that haven't, and it might be one of the quick steps that you can take. So tell us if you've done that. And as always, subscribe, and we would love to have your uh, podcast on today's, or your comments on today's podcast. So as always, you can catch Profit with a Plan on any of your favorite podcast players, and we're looking forward to more great profitable information on next week's show. So until then, make your plans and profit with them. Thanks, Ramey. Thank you.